is Secret Sauce, a podcast about the secret ingredients in artwork and life. I'm your host, Becca Borelli. I'm also an illustrator in Austin, Texas, and this is episode two of season two, Nothing and Everything. I'm excited about this one for y'all. It is a good one, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, I really mean it. (laughs) I have done four recordings in the past month with different guests. This is the second one I'm sharing, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. Um, Mark Anthony Munoz is in the house. He is a photographer from Akron, Ohio, although he might take issue with me saying that. You can listen to the episode and learn more (laughs) about why. Um, I'm really excited to have Mark here, and I want to tell you a story about why He's such an awesome guest for Secret Sauce in a second. Before I do, a little fun housekeeping and a reminder that the Card Making for Comfort holiday workshop is this coming Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to be sharing two of my favorite techniques for comfort as a way to also make holiday cards. And I intentionally pushed it to later in the month so that there would be less pressure to use these things. <laughs> I the idea behind the Art for Comfort series and Art for Comfort workshops is that the goal is always your comfort first. And sometimes when there's this pressure, right, to make something to mail to our aunts and uncles and parents and friends, (laughs) then it immediately takes our comfort out of the equation. So it's a little too late in December to use them. I mean, you could definitely gift them if you love them, but there's no pressure to do it. Um, You can make them and keep them for next year. You could make them and recycle them. The point will be for you to learn some ways to use simple materials to relax have some mindfulness in the middle of your holiday season, and connect with other makers. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's great for all levels. If you think you're interested in learning more, you're welcome to message me or check the link in my bio on Instagram as well as at beccajbrelli.com or B-O-R-R-E-L dot L-I. Subscribers to my newsletter got a 15% off code. So if you're a subscriber, definitely dig into your inboxes for that. And if you're not a subscriber, I highly recommend, you know, doing that. I send out a monthly code for people to have 15% off their choice of class or product um, each and every 30-day cycle. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm excited about that. Um, And there'll be more of those sessions in January as well. So stay tuned. I want to tell you how Mark weirdly changed my life. And when I decided to have guests on this podcast, I immediately thought I wanted to have him on. And that was a weird thing to think because Mark and I haven't talked in quite a few years. Um, We're connected on social media, which always makes people feel more connected than they actually are. But I haven't You know, this episode was the first time I'd talked to him in a good five years, probably. And I haven't seen Mark in well over a decade. 
he and I waited tables together in Ohio. Back when I was a school teacher, I had many part-time serving jobs to supplement, and one of them was at the P.F. Chang's <laughs> in Akron, Ohio, and Mark was also a server there. And I immediately noticed Mark probably for the same reason everyone notices Mark. He is decidedly a breath of fresh air in Akron. And he'll tell you in this episode how much he loves it in Akron. And I love it too. If Jason and I ever were to go back to Ohio, I would make a strong case for Akron. It is a cool town that is so not known, right? Like if you want a cool town with lots of nature... I mean, it's like smack in the middle of a national park, (laughs) as well as great art and food and culture and a small, tiny population of people, Um, cutest little downtown ever, great old houses for ridiculously affordable. (laughs) There's my real estate pitch for y'all in Akron, but Akron is in the Rust Belt, and for those of you not my Midwestern folks, let me tell you that the Rust Belt is is gritty. Um, people from Ohio are used to cold, gray weather. A lot of them are blue collar, hardworking folks. And they're just, I wouldn't call them, you know, shiny. <laughs> shiny is not a word I would use. And so once in a while, someone really shiny will show up in Akron. And it it would just catch everyone's attention. And Mark was one of those people. He is so incredibly comfortable in his own skin in a way that I hadn't ever really seen, if I'm being honest. You know, I met him when I was 28. And up until that point, I really hadn't run into that many people that felt so completely like in love with who they were from a place of authenticity instead of ego, you know, because we all know what the ego thing feels like. And (laughs) um, Mark's version is very much not ego. It's so real. And I I remember just noticing that about him. And of course, everyone else noticed it too. He was always getting call tables, people coming into the PF Chang's wanting to sit in his section. All the servers would kind of huddle around him on the line, talking to him because he was so fun to talk to. And, you know, that was Mark. That was my introduction to Mark. I And I was probably very much the other way. And I didn't realize it y'all I didn't realize it I was but I was struggling you know I have talked about this in past episodes I was oh just trying my best to work these two jobs I was working way too much and feeling like I was failing I I mentioned that in episode one of season two it was a weird time It, it was an important time in fact it was in many ways the beginning of some of the coolest things I made and did here in Austin. But at the time that I met Mark, I felt like I was failing at life. And I was really nervous that everyone was noticing. (laughs) And I was trying really hard to be the type of person that was winning. (laughs) You know, 
And so one day I'm on Facebook and this, this is such a weird experience to have, but I was on Facebook. I'm scrolling through my feed and I stop on a photo that Mark has posted of him. I don't even know if he remembers this, this photo. I didn't mention it in our interview, but he, he was bent over this patch of tulips I want to say and I think they were yellow this is how I remember it I don't know for sure and he has his mouth wide open and he is y'all he's literally like deep throating one of these tulips it's this very suggestive sexual photo and a hundred other people could have done this exact thing and it would have just felt like they were performing for the internet but Mark doesn't perform for the internet. He just literally posts things that he authentically decided would be hysterical or fun or joyful. And I was blo- I was immediately like almost hit in the face with how happy and comfortable Mark was. Like the energy of the photo was awesome. And for the first time in my 28 years I really became aware of how uncomfortable I was in my own skin. And also, at the exact same moment, had this feeling of, and I could do this. I, I could be like this guy. It was like, have you ever run into to that experience where you don't even know that something's a problem until someone comes into your space with the opposite energy? Right? Like if you're in a bad mood, but you don't really know it, and then someone super happy comes over and you're like, Whoa, I'm I'm a little I'm a little grumpy right now. This person is so happy, you know? And then just the presence of that energy, it's like it gives you permission to do the same. Like that was that was what happened. But it was weirdly the first time I ever experienced that feeling in that way in my life. (laughs) And I never forgot it. I weirdly think of that photo. And I think of Mark when I'm trying to be more myself. Because it's like just Mark being alive gives permission to people to be themselves. You'll see what I mean when you listen to him talk. He talks about this. There's something about people being themselves that gives permission to other people. And for that reason, I was, I was really hopeful <laughs> that he would come on and talk, and it's a good one. So I'm gonna stop blabbering. I, I know that's a random story. I just, but it, it is how it works, isn't it? That's how it works when people change your life. It's often something so random. And so I'm hoping that at some point in this conversation, you get one of those random things from Mark because. It's an awesome conversation. Did I did I plug it enough, y'all? Are you are you ready? <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Till next time. Take it away, Mark. Hi, Mark. Welcome to Secret Sauce. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for doing this with me. I am so happy to be here. This is wonderful. So- I know. I'm excited about it as well. And I was thinking the best place with you to start off um, is if you could tell everyone a little bit about your work and 
where you're from, which I know where you're from is kind of a longer answer, and, and how all of your work kind of got started. Uh, so I'm from, originally from Big Bend, West Texas. I was born in Alpine, Texas, and uh -huh. I lived in Sanderson, Texas. And that whole area is pretty much like one big area. So you're pretty, uh, we, like our football team played every other little town in that area. So you kind of grow up and know everybody in that whole region. Um, then I moved to San Antonio when I was 12 years old, um, 11 going on 12. And after San Antonio, I, I ended up coming to San Diego, California. And then from San Diego, California, I landed in Akron, Ohio, which I will tell you is one of my favorite places in the world because I love winter and I love snow. So it's great. Um, and what I primarily do is um, I, I don't like to call myself a photographer because I really don't like to, um, to me saying that is almost like making it, it, it that's a profession. Um, and to me, it's something that really just has helped me with my ADHD. I'm, I'm, I'm severely ADHD. I'm medicated. Um, I have to take my pills every day for me to just, you know, kind of get balanced, be balanced. But photography uh, helped me so much uh, in all these years, just being able to carry a camera and go out and hike and, you know, look at birds. Birds are like my thing. I love birds. Um, and we have a lot of birds up here in, in Akron. So that was pretty much, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's what I love to do. I, I, I have over half a million photos that I've wow. taken that I have. Um, wow. I photograph everything. Um, I don't like doing people per se, like, uh, you know, where they ask you to do like their wedding photos or graduation photos. I, I don't find any pleasure in that. Yeah. Uh, but if okay. I see something in the wild, a bird, a deer doesn't pose for you, you know, uh, a coyote does not pose for you. And when you see them in the wild and you capture them in their true essence, it's the most incredible thing. So oh, I love that's pretty much I love, what I do. I love how you put that and you're right. You're totally right. Something about nature is so wild. And I, I'm so, I don't know. It's grateful to hear someone talk about the connection of their making with the ADHD. Um, I know I told you I also had ADD. And so could, do you have, and maybe not, but I'm just curious if you have any like way of describing with language how your photography helps your ADHD. Well, so here's a funny thing. I, I um, you know, when you're ADHD, your mind is constantly, you know, working and mm -hmm. your eyes are constantly working. And so uh, something that I think benefits uh, that my ADHD helps me with is that I'm able, when I'm out in the park and I'm out hiking and I'm out in, you know, I go to national parks everywhere, I see things because my mind and my, you know, my brain's working like overtime and any little movement, any little thing I see, my, my eyes catch it. And so I can see a bird literally, you know, that's the same color of the tree that it's in and I see it there that can be maybe, you know, 50 yards away and no one can see it. And everybody's like, like, how do you see this? But I see it. And so what it does for me, it's, it's that it kind of like tires my mind out. Like I'm, I'm walking through the park and I'm seeing all these things that for me uh, are so interesting. Birds, there's, there's, and, and every bird. I mean, if I see a yellow bird, if I see a red bird, uh, the next red bird I see will be just as beautiful and I'll be just as excited. And so oh. what it is for me is I just love going out and um, it, it's almost like just like relaxing my mind. Cause I, cause I'm, I'm like 
not like I want to say that I'm almost like you know in a in a space I'm confined to a space, and I know that that space is where I'm going to be, and and that's where I'm going to you know kind of almost work out of, and so it's it's hard to explain to every you know if you don't have ADHD, but you know you want to be almost contained because you have too much room, uh, your mind's going to go off in you know fifty different tangents. So that's primarily how it has helped me. Um, you know, so yeah, just taking photos, seeing things, you know, you get tired, your, your brain kind of falls into some kind of like little, you know, relaxing pattern. And I feel great when I, when I'm out there, you know, doing all that stuff. So. Would you even say, I loved your, your point about how you notice like a bird, like really far away. It almost seems like that's the flip side, like the superpower of ADHD almost. Would you say it that way though? Or I don't know. Most, most, I love that. Yeah, you see, and I love that you said superpower because that's what we have. We have certain superpowers, you know, and, and that's definitely one of them is that yeah. we're able to, you know, cause your mind, like I said, it's working overtime. So it picks up on everything that's <sighs> out there, you know, so you, yeah. see things, you see more, you know. I'm so excited for y'all to check out Mark's work. I'm going to have information at the end of the episode about it, um, but his bird photography is amazing. Um, so I was wondering if you would be interested in sharing with people a little bit about how your relationship with your photography has developed from a commercial standpoint, because I know that you had mentioned you kind of have um, has a hesitation to refer to this as photography and you would, you and I had chatted a little bit about kind of what happens when you monetize your work and I feel like so many people listening are going to appreciate your perspective and story on that. Do you want to kind of sort of outline for people how your photography developed but then also what you discovered when you started to try to sell it? Well um, I have a, a wonderful partner John who is who believes in me um, 100% and who thinks my work is great. And, um, and he's also a business person. So, you know, I, I take photos of, you know, owls and whatever else I see out there. And, you know, people would always, would always call me and say, or, or text me or write me on Facebook or Instagram and say, hey, you know, can I get a print, uh, a copy of that, uh, of that photo that you put up? And, and uh, you know, they'd ask me, like, how much would you charge me for it? And I, I, I would always say like, oh, charge you. Like, I mean, just pay for the printing. Like I'll get it printed and send it to you. And, and so I would do that a lot because that's what I really just, I, like I said, I, I never really felt like I wanted, once I, once, once I monetize uh, photography, it, it is taking the luster out of it. It is no more this beautiful thing that I have that I get to share uh, with, you know, the beautiful pictures I get to share with my, with my friends, with my family. Uh, with you know people that that love those kinds of things, it is now a job, and I feel this great insecurity when I feel like I'm having to do something versus just wanting to do something because I want to do it. So it's almost like if you're doing wedding photography, you know you are expected to take all the photos and turn in the, you know you know all these great photos, and you do not want to mess up uh, a wedding right because it's it's they depend on their photos, and that's why I don't do that. Because I, I want to just be out in nature where I, it's just me, the camera, and whatever I'm shooting. And if you like the photo, you like it. And if you don't like it, you know, you don't relate to it, whatever, it's not a big deal because 
it's, it, it was for me that I took the photo. But then John, of course, um, you know, seeing this pattern of like, hey, Mark, you know, everybody wants some of your photos. Like people are always asking me about it. Um, and so he decided to kind of, you know, make a business out of it, a little business. We, we've had a few shows um, here in Akron, Ohio, very successful shows. They've sold quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, I, I have people that always uh, call me up and say, can, you know, I buy a print. Now there was up to me, I'd give everything away. I, I don't like money. <laughs> I don't like to put money on, on my photography, but John uh, takes over and he says, you know, he tells the person what it's going to cost and, you know, what it's going to entail to get it to them or whatever else. And so I let him do that. But yeah. for the most part, I sneak so many photos uh, to people that, you know, call me and ask me, I just want to give them, if they like, if, I, if they want a cardinal and that cardinal is going to make them happy, well, then I want to give them that cardinal. You know, it's not a big deal. It's, it's nothing really off me. So, so that's, and, and you know what, I'll tell you one thing, photographers hate that because I get a lot of, of pushback from a lot of photographers here in town because people used to uh, ask me you know, Mark, could you do our, uh, you know, like graduation, our family photos? And I would always tell them, yeah, you know, whatever. And I would literally go out there, do 400 shots. I would yep. give them the whole file, everything, you know, give edit them, edit for them and tell them like, oh, just, you know, what, give me 30 bucks just for my, you know, and, and people would freak out because you know how much these photographers charge. I mean, they charge outlandish amounts of money. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and so, and so people would put it on Facebook and they would say, oh my God, Mark is the greatest. He took our family photo or, and didn't want to charge us. And he gave me 400 prints. And so a lot of photographers actually contacted me and said that, um, I was kind of like, you know, uh, making it bad for them yeah. because you know, it's their life. And I get it. I understood it. Compl I, I, I understood why they were upset. But, um, so then, so then I went on and, and declared that I don't want to, I don't want to do these photos. I, I, if I do a family photo for you, I'm not charging you and I'm going to do yeah. it because you're my friend and I want to do it for you. So that's pretty much how I circumvented that, you know. I love that so much because I think a lot of people, maybe I'm, you know, putting words in people's mouths, but I suspect a lot of people that listen to Secret Sauce will find it as a refreshing perspective because I don't know if you feel this way, but sometimes it feels like, you know, if, if something is valuable or worthwhile, then you capitalize on it. You like, we live in a market economy where things are bought and sold and you're kind of throwing a wrench in that system with your perspective on photography. And it's kind of cool. And I also kind of like that you don't have a problem with it. Like you seem to have embraced like, the like you know that it makes you feel better to not put a price tag on it and you don't have a whole lot of guilt about that do you it doesn't seem like you do uh, I, not one bit I, i'm actually you know uh instagram you know people want a photo uh they're, and they and they they're nice enough to even ask me like mark could i maybe print this photo that I saw on Instagram, you know, and how much would you try? And I'm like, no, 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 sweetheart, print, print whatever you want. If you like the picture, if it makes you happy. The trade-off to me is that I, you know, it's, it's really weird, but it's, I really love making people happy. I love seeing happy people and, you know, a, a bird makes you happy, makes people happy. So if I'm able to give you a bird, a little bird, 
that literally would cost me, you know, I go, to, I go to a professional printer, like I work with professional printers. And so, you know, they're a little bit more, but if, if, if I could give you an eight by 10 and charge you what they charge me to print that, I mean, that's it. You know, yeah. I, I really don't, you know, um, the trade-off is, is that energy that you put out there that you're happy and you feel good. And I think that if everybody had that energy and, and put that out, we'd be such, you know, in such a better place right now. So that's what it is. It's, it's a trade-off. You know, yes. I don't money. I like energy, happiness, emotions more than I, than I like money. I'm not a money person. So, you know, and maybe that's bad being an American because I don't, you know, don't, but I just don't uh, value money as much as everybody else does, I think. So, you, you know, know, it makes, it makes me think of, um, I read in a book and I don't remember what book it was, but I read um, in a book that the way that you can gauge if something is good or not to do is if everyone did it, what would happen in the world? And I feel like if everyone did what you're talking about, the world would be a better place. Like, I don't, I, <laughs> like I, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, so can you, and speaking of, of your sort of, um, trade-off with energy and happiness, I feel like that's like a really good segue into one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on the podcast because I think the idea of seeing beauty and in everything and seeing happiness and everything is almost a, a trope now. Like people say it figuratively all the time, but you literally see the beauty in everything. And I love you for that. And it's one, it's one of the reasons, like I said, that I was excited to have you on. Um, and so could you, talk about that like did that originate in your childhood is it something you've developed over time like how does that relate to your work specifically that's well, a lot of questions just answer whatever no no but well you know <laughs> what it is 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 uh my father you know when i was young in west texas my father had a stroke when i was really young and you know my brothers and sisters were are so much older than me so oh, they were kind of yeah, so my, my, the sister closest to me was seven years older. So, you know, I was kind of, uh, I kind of raised myself because my mom was really busy uh, at the hospital with my father. And, uh, you know, he didn't, he never recovered. He, he had multiple strokes and then ended up, uh, you know, diabetic, uh, coma. You know, he, he was in the military. So that's why we moved to San Antonio because his hospital, the Audie Murphy Hospital was in San Antonio. But what this, what this uh, did do for me is, you know, here I am, this hyperactive kid in school. My mother is, you know, with my father. I'm left to my own devices and I'm literally uh, a terror. You know, teachers are like, oh my God, this kid is just too wild. Uh, but, but I didn't have any, like, I'm getting, I didn't have that, like, uh, fear of getting in trouble because my mom was not around. Uh, you know, she would, like, leave me money and then she, you know, somebody would be watching me, but she just, she was so in, into making sure my father was okay. And I, and I don't blame her for anything she did. I mean, I love my mom, loved her very, very much, but I kind of, you know, almost raised myself in a way. And I had the greatest, uh, you know, sense of humor. I think that's the greatest thing that anybody could have is to laugh. Yeah. And so I, I saw everything as funny. I mean, things that were going wrong in, in, in the world, I found a spin, like I found a funny spin to it. So nothing was off limits to me as far as that was concerned. So pretty much, I mean, you know, I, I, I see the beauty in everything because I see the funny in everything. 
you know, if you can't laugh at yourself and you can't laugh, uh, you know, joke about yourself, then, then you're really not in a good place. So that being said, I mean, I, you know, we're running into people, meet people. And um, I just, I just saw everybody as like something spectacular, like, you know, something amazing, someone amazing. I wanted to hear their story. I wanted to know about them. And when I do feel the urge to photograph people, it's usually people like that that I want. That I want to get like the people that have a story to tell and, and that aren't so concerned with like the filters and can you take away my wrinkles and can you make my eyes look brighter? You know, I want those people that, are, that just are almost like in nature, just raw. You know, just want to just be photographed. Or I want to photograph them, but I want to see them in their na natural state. You know, just be who they are. Uh, candid photos, like like maybe even doing doing candids. So that is, you know, I, I go around and I tell everybody you're beautiful. I, I tell everyone when I meet them, like if I meet a lady, first thing I say is like, oh my God, you're, I, I find something good to say about her. Uh, your hair is beautiful. Oh my God, look at your smile or just anything to make uh, anybody and everybody feel good. You know, so that's that's in a nutshell i mean it's just being happy is so much easier than being miserable you know and the trade-off is so is so much greater uh than just being so hateful and never having anything nice to say about anybody you know i'm i'm curious if you feel like you like back to the, i can't stop thinking about that bird that you mentioned being able to see from so far away do you feel like your adhd superpowers kind of do the same thing with like people's energy like do you pick up on people's like un like invisible stuff like unspoken stuff pretty quickly like oh i really like that person or oh that person i'm going to steer clear of or or they, maybe not uh, <laughs> you, i'm very i'm very intuitive i i you know like i said um uh, the life that i had you know i i kind of it got into that drug phase uh also yeah. so i met a lot of people in, in in all walks of life i mean i met drug dealers, I met the drug addicts, and, and then, you know, I'd go to work and have a professional, uh, you know, type of people that were there that I, that I was friends with too. And then, you know, I kind of just got along with everybody. Uh, but there's something about a person when, when you, you can kind of tell when they're, when they're just not good. You know, a person that doesn't laugh and doesn't, doesn't even have that just that soft peace about them, like they're, they're, you know, peace with themselves. I can yeah. pick up on that. It's almost like this, this, uh, dark energy that I get off them. And I, I know how to steer clear. I mean, and I'll tell you right now, like a, a drug dealer can be a good drug. He can be a happy drug dealer and, you know, yeah. and, and I, yeah. I love him, but there's a, there's people that are just, you know, not, not at peace with themselves. And, and I do pick up on that. I, I can tell, but I'll tell you that my energy is so, over like sometimes it's overbearing and it's so superfluous it's it's always overflowing that uh -huh. some people actually just kind of vicariously like want to live there you know I, I have a lot of people tell me like you know we don't you're worth of fresh air we you know in Akron Ohio we didn't you know we we have a certain way of life and you kind of got here and you kind of turned things upside down and you and you kind of made it you know where you could talk about things and and you could um you know, there's, there's, there's almost this conservative type of, you know, yeah. way of life here in Akron and I'm yeah. not conservative and I'm, yeah. I say what I want to say and I'm very outspoken and, you know, my opinion is I want the whole world to know it. So 
you know, that's the thing. I, I kind of got people here where they're, they were able to say things and talk and not hold everything in. And so, you know, that in itself, I think, is, is, is something that I've been able to do to help the community yeah. here in Akron. Because I've, I've made them come out like, hey, come out. You know, you don't, you don't have to just be that uh, perfect, you know, housewife. You can do and be this. And I, and I say housewife because most of my friends are women. I mean, I hang around with a lot of women. And yes. so, you know, that's the thing. So, uh, but I've, I've kind of brought them out of their shells. So I'm kind of I happy see that. about that, you know. Do you, have you always been that way? Just very comfortable always. being yourself? Always. Yeah. Always. Always. You know, so um, cool. and, and here I go. I, I, I told you I ramble and I talk a lot. So, I love it so you know, my mind gets on a tangent and, and I just go off. But I, I had a, I, you know, came out really early. Uh, I came oh, yeah, out what middle age? School. Middle school. I was, oh, wow. oh, middle school, yeah. And, and I remember uh, growing up in West Texas, you learn how to fight. And I had two older brothers, but seriously, like you learn how to fight. You fight all the neighborhood kids. Uh, you box, straight up boxing. You know, you put gloves on and you box. And we did that, and I beat everybody. I mean, I was the, the, the best fighter up until seventh grade in, in that little town that I lived in before moving to San Antonio. So I wasn't afraid of anybody. You know, I almost had this. And, and, and then from going from a small town like that to a big city like San Antonio, you know, I was so out of place because, you know, I didn't dress the way they did. I was, I was like almost like a country boy, and, you know, these were all city kids. Uh, mm -hmm. And I and I adapted quickly, but you know the first few months were a little bit trying for me. Uh, but I wasn't afraid of anybody, and I was gay. Like I knew I was gay. I had told my mom by that time that I was gay, and I almost lived like this little life as a gay kid. And I almost thought it was like kind of punk rock to be gay and to say it as openly as I did when I was in you know in middle school. So. Uh, Long story short, I, I did have a, a, a guy that uh, knew me in high school, and he got beat up really, really bad. And uh, they had to do some kind of like brain surgery on him. He yeah. saw me after graduation years later, and he asked me, he came to me at a bar, and he said, why did this happen to me? And you were gay, and nothing happened to you, and everybody loved you. And I, and I kind of felt you know, perplexed and, and I felt bad for him because uh, I didn't know, I don't remember him, didn't remember him. But I told him, I said, the one thing that I always was, was confident. You know, yes. and, and when you, when you have that confidence and you walk around, like, you know, what that what you are is wonderful. And I say that it's people don't say that anymore. People don't like to give themselves, um, you know, compliments anymore. Like they think that, that I hate the word conceited. Yeah. Because I think it's, it's a word that you hear when you're a kid, like, Oh, don't be so conceited, but it's almost already telling you, uh, don't give yourself any credit. Don't, don't love yourself. It's, if you love yourself, you're in a bad way. You, you're in a bad place. You're not supposed to love yourself. And that's, that's what's wrong with America. So I think that I love myself and yes. I knew that I loved myself and I just carried it, carried on that way. And so that being said, you know, I just, I went through life no matter what, always loving myself and always being me and, and being happy, um, you know, to be me. And I'll tell you another funny thing is that uh, I am my favorite company. Yes. So, like, like, like I am my favorite person to hang out with. 
So I'm at the park hiking. I talk to myself. I laugh at my own stuff. I, <laughs> I might, you know, it's weird, but, but I do. And I, and I have said that the best date I ever went on was the date with me is, is a date when I went out with myself and I got to really know me and I'm like, you know what? I love who I am. And that's it, you know? And I think everybody should think that way. I mean, really, everybody should. I, I really love this so much because I feel like social media has made it, maybe social media hasn't created the problem, but it seems to have exacerbated the problem for some people when it comes to loving themselves, especially as a maker where you're comparing your stuff all the time. And I've noticed that you don't do that either. Like your relationship with social media is pretty sustainable. Or, or what is your relationship with sharing well, yourself and your work online? So I share everything and, 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 and with that whole knowledge of like, if I put a photo up and you like it and you want to print it for yourself, I'm not even going to, like, I don't watermark my photos or any of okay. that stuff. Uh, Facebook to me is more of a social, uh, it's more, that's more social. That's more, you know, because I've lived in so many places, so I'm able to keep up with friends from everywhere. And it's more of my political vehicle sort of sort of you know i i get to express my you know what i feel about the world uh through through facebook now instagram uh, i i i see it more as a photo storage it's weird but you know if if i take it i i can go back through instagram and keep on go and tell you what you know the, the bird will be you know stamped with a date when I took yeah. it and probably where I took it. So I love it as that. And I've even uh, in my bio, this is maybe a little bit presumptuous and I should probably take this off because it's just, it's kind of like stupid that I even wrote this. But I said, I'm not here for the likes. I'm not here to be like an influencer. I'm not here to like, I, I'm here, I'm using uh, Instagram as more of a photo storage and for me to follow the, the photographers that I love, that, that inspire me. But I'm not a like, you know, I'm not chasing likes. I'm not trying to be a... Uh, influencer, none of that, never. I, I, I would, you know, never want to be that. Um, but people have asked me to promote their stuff on like on my Facebook. I will promote anything for you. If I love your art, which is your art, like, like as an example, mm -hmm. oh my God, when I saw your stuff, like I was going around telling everybody I knew, like, you know, I know her and look <laughs> what she does. Like, look at the beautiful stuff she does. And I was so proud of you and and because that's art that to me is art photography is me just taking a picture and i and i and i don't really think of it as artistic when i when you're out in nature taking a photo of, a, of an animal or a bird um cindy sherman that's an artist that's a photographer you know that's that's yeah, art yeah. but what i'm doing is is what a mil i mean there's a million uh photos of birds taken every day so I'm, there's nothing that i'm doing that is you know that's my own thing but what you do is so, um, and then and then that you were able to see the same things that I I loved in Texas from Big Ben and then from Austin. I mean, you, you almost you almost kind of captured all my favorite little you know uh, things. So so that means that I promoted you like on Facebook. I, I put your you know whenever when I got your stuff, your art, and I ordered some of your art. I got that in. I I was telling the whole world like, look at this, you know. Um, cause it makes me happy to, to have someone appreciate the same things that I appreciated when I was, you know, growing up. So, yeah, so that's, that's my thing with social media. It's, it's, uh, it's, I'm not a clout chaser. I'm not, I don't want to be famous. I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm going to be 49 years old. 
Uh, I've lived a very, very wild and crazy life with so many crazy things and funny, crazy stories. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. You know, uh, I mean, it's, it's been a beautiful life. So other than that, you know, if I, if I make a few bucks here and there off my photography or if I get the likes or don't get the likes, it does not phase me one single bit. You know, oh, John might, that. John might, John might say, you know, <laughs> you know, because he might want to make money off it. But, but for myself, I tell him to, I go, I'm like, look, how much money? I mean, honestly, we have no kids. We have no animals. You know, we live in Akron, Ohio. I'm like, what do we need? How much do we yeah. need to really be happy and to be satisfied? You know, uh, and that's all. That's what it's about. So, so I, I feel for people that I, I have heard people say like, oh, I only got 180 likes on my photo. And I'm like, what? I get like 35 likes on my photos. You know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. But, but there's people that actually chase those those likes, you know, and that's, that sets you up for a lot of uh, heartache, I think, you know. I, I agree with you. And I think I didn't realize until you said it, that that's something I love about you as well is the way that you kind of anchor your happiness in actual living instead of this performative living online. And you have had like a wild adventurous life. And I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about the contrast between sort of when you were struggling with addiction and now, because I think a lot of people would find it helpful to hear that story, especially because of how happy you managed to stay, even through some pretty wild things. Um, was that just, or like, do you want to just like talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I told you everything's an open book with me. I have nothing to, um, I absolutely have no regrets with anything I've ever done. And in fact, I talk about my drug, uh, that part of my life when I was on drugs, almost like, almost like I'm bragging about it because <laughs> the things that happened to me and all those, uh, God, I was, I started doing drugs when I was like, uh, you know, 16. Like I said, my mother was so busy with my father, but 16 years old, you know, where I started like kind of, you know, and, and the whole, this was the whole thing. I was really, really smart. And I had great grades, uh, but, but all I ever wanted, I mean, I, I told myself this, when I turn 18, all I wanna do is leave my mom. I love her, but she loved me almost too much. She was so protective of me when she was, you know, when she'd come home, uh, she'd be there. And, and, and if I went out, you know, uh, she'd cry. And she'd tell me things like, you know, uh, I, I really don't ever want you to work you know, I will take care of you. She loved me. We had a very, you know, we had a, I think it's because she was, she was having to deal with my father so much that she had this guilt yeah. about not being with me. So she kind of overcompensated mm -hmm. with, with me in a lot of ways. So anyways, I wanted to escape. I wanted to be free. So 18 came, I did. I literally flew. I, I mean, I got out of that house and I went on a, a drug tirade that lasted for like, oh my God, 15 years. Uh, everything from cocaine uh, to being addicted to meth for 10 years. A functioning meth, a functioning meth addict. I've been wow. working full-time, great jobs, never in trouble, never been arrested, never been in jail. Uh, wow. I, you know, that kind of drug meth is, is pretty much Adderall. You know, like I do Adderall now. And it's 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 like that. It's the same type of Think so I think that it was just so much easier for me to get meth to mm -hmm. medicate myself 
than it was to get Adderall because with Adderall, you have to go to the doctor every month and you have to pick yeah. it up and you have, you know, and with meth, it was like, oh my God, I could just get, get as much as I wanted. And if I knew how to dose it properly, I could have it work for me, you know, wow. where it was, it was benefiting me. And so, um, and, and that, so I was never like that, that sad drug addict that owed people money and was running from the law. And what I was working at PF Chang's in San Diego, Fashion Valley Mall. I was our top sales, literally, I mean, in the whole, I mean, the company, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I was, there's stories about me, people, you know, other servers telling John, in fact, that I would have like 15 and 16 tables at one time. And it was just crazy to watch me work because, because <laughs> I was so good at what I did and I was drugged up and, and then you'd see, you know, uh, you, you'd go outside and you'd see me behind the container store dumpster. That was the store next to, and you'd see smoke coming up. I was smoking meth. At work, wow. like on my on my break at work, you know, and I know this will probably be a, a lot for some people, but see, that's what I think is funny. Like I even think that's funny. Yeah. I think that story is hilarious because if I made it sad and I made it uh, like a, a like a very very sad story, you know, you'd feel sorry for me or you'd say poor guy. But if I put this uh, you know humor on it, it makes yep. it a lot easier for people to digest. And yeah. it really wasn't like I was suffering. I mean, I was working. I had a great apartment. I lived in San Diego. Um, I was having fun, you know. Yeah. And and then uh, one day I just I just got tired. It was just tired of having to, you know, of of being of being so on all the yeah. time. And I wanted a rest. And my body was telling me that it needed a break. And I stopped when it, one day. I just I just uh, the story. Uh, I went I went to a Thanksgiving. Uh, lunch to my friend's house. A dear friend, her name's Leonora. She's also an incredible art artist in, in LA. And I went to her mom's house for Thanksgiving. And of course I couldn't do meth because I was at you know Thanksgiving at someone's house that I had never met. I passed out for the whole day on the couch. Wow. I, I slept for like 13 hours and wow. they didn't wake me up. And, and I felt, I was so embarrassed, but I went home that night and Leonora had given me a big plate of you know food. She dropped me off at home. I ate, went to sleep, and I realized that sleeping and eating were two of the things that I probably missed most in my life. Wow. And it, that, that's how simple it was for me to give up drugs. Wow. I miss sleeping and I miss eating, you know? Wow. You know, that makes me think, all right, and I'm going to geek out for a minute if you don't, if you don't mind bearing with me. Of course. Of um, course. This, your story made me think of my baby sister is um, a counselor at the Cleveland Clinic, specifically with drug addiction. And she sent me this TED talk years ago where this guy was presenting research that was showing increasingly that addiction is something that, or addiction is not what we think it is, that it's more about the cages that you have than the substance. Like if you're a really happy person, um, they they were finding in research that really happy people could kind of quit anytime. That it was the people that were using drugs to like hide from or, or who were sad that had a hard time stopping. It was fascinating video. I, I just like am listening to you tell that story. And I'm like, wow, I feel like you're proof, you're proof in that a little bit. You know, I, I would. Yeah, I was I was I was I was a happy drug addict. I mean, and I say <laughs> I, I say addict only because like, uh, you know, 
being ADHD, like I said, I'm an Adderall now, uh, but it just, it just made my mind, you know, people talk about meth and, and they talk about uh, people that aren't prescribed Adderall. If you tell, they, t they tell you about the time they took Adderall, they'll tell you they were up for two days, right? Like, oh my God, I, I did all this yeah. stuff. I could not sleep. You know, Adderall and, and honestly meth to me at, at the right dosage is actually like the most relaxing thing for me. Like the wow. minute I take it a few minutes later, I'm, I could fall asleep on it. Th that's why yeah. it, it, that's what it does to me. It actually makes my mind quiet. And yep. so I'm able to finally have quiet in my head so I can really do and think about things that I need to do. And being a server at PF Chang's, my mind was just on the customer. And I could focus on just that without my brain going in 18 different directions. Yep. And so, you know, so yeah, I was a happy a, a drug user, you know, and, and, but that, that really is how easy it was for me to, to get it off it is just because I just feel like, you know, there's, there's these things in life that we take for granted, like eating food, you know, and sleeping, you don't think it, you don't really put much thought into what it takes, what those things really do for us. Uh, you know, you know, you're supposed to eat, you know, you're supposed to sleep, but you really don't think about it. But I miss yeah. that because, you know, overdosing uh, or doing much more of the drug that, you know, when I would do more than I was supposed to, well, then you don't sleep. Then, you, you know, it has a counter effect. You know, you stay up and you don't eat. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Do you remember, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I used to get so weeded when we would serve together. And I used to be so inspired by your focus. You never got weeded. You could take 20 tables and stay on top of it. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, it's because it's I, I, I was a very fast, I would tell, like you almost, I would almost tell you what you were going to order. And I was going to tell you how long it would take to eat. I'd bring it out. And like, I, it was almost like a, where you actually gave service. You were so sweet. And you talk to the tables and you would let them, you know, like, I'm here for you. I would just be like, are you ready to order? Let's get it up and let's get out of here, you know, because I got to go also. I got to go home. So Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. 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 Um, and then were you, when you were in California, were you taking photos then or was that more later? So no. So I've taken photos. Uh, so I used to be the guy that would buy those Kodak uh, Instamat, those little, you know, the, the paper one, the box ones. Yeah. Oh my God. I would probably buy, I, I'm maybe like in a month, I'd probably buy like 25 of those. <sighs> and I would take a camera with me that one of those things with me everywhere. And I had, of course, like my little Nikon, the little ones, you know, but I would take a camera with me everywhere I went because I wanted to capture every, who knew, I mean, you, you didn't know like what funny thing you were going to see or what uh, you know, we'd hike and you'd go to the ocean in, in San Diego. It was beautiful. And I'd be yeah. out there and I'd be taking sunset photos all day, you know, you know, sunset, of course, but I'd be there waiting to take the photos. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's been pretty much my whole life. I've wanted to always capture uh, images and, and memories, you know, to just be able to look back and, and at them. But I, I, would, I would send off those little cameras to get printed <laughs> uh, and I would, God, I had so many photos of just everything. So if you needed a photo, if, if, if you needed like to say, if you were to ask me like, Hey Mark, um, you know, do you have a photo of so-and-so time that we were at this place? I'm like, I do. And so even now today, I literally document everything I do through, through photography. So if you yeah. want a photo of an event that you went to, I have it. Call me. If you want a bird, 
uh, call me, I have it, you know, I'm almost like the stock photo yeah. image, you know, the, the stock image of, of Akron, Ohio. So you, <laughs> you know, are, <laughs> I this have all is, the photos. this is going to be hysterical for the Gen Z listeners who like basically never took a film photo. I mean, there's like a whole generation now that doesn't even know what you're talking about. Like printing photos? What? <laughs> uh, exactly. That's, it's crazy. And now we have, you know, I have the digital, I have, I have a film camera still uh, also, but I took to Big Ben actually a few years ago and I did um, film photography with, with my Nikon and it was great because I was just out there like, you can't mess up a shot. You, you don't want to like, you know, it, like with digital, I could take 50 photos of the same bird, but with, when you're doing with film, it's like, oh, oh crap, I have to actually, you know, one shot and then you move on to the next thing because you don't want to like go through the film it's expensive oh yeah it really it really is do you still have a lot of those paper photos from when you were I do younger? I do I have so and I still have about nine of those uh cameras that have never been processed <gasps> wow. and I don't know what's on them they're in a box and and I always tell John like you know what I'm afraid that if I take them to CVS like, I don't want to take them to CVS or Walgreens because I think whether there's something like provocative on there and, you know, I get arrested or <laughs> I should, I should take pictures of me doing drugs. I used to take pictures of us, of, of us partying of, you know, of everything. Cause you, you know, at that time, this was before social media. Yes. You never thought that everything would last forever. And you were going to always have, uh, you know, something that, that people could go on uh, and look you up and, and see what you were about. You know, you, you know, you took those wild photos and you just thought they'd, you know, they'd be your photo and that's it. But now yeah. they belong to everybody else. And so I, I'm never running for president. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's my mantra. I always say that I, I'm not ever running for president. So whatever you want to find on me, find it. You know, it's, it's nothing that's going to affect me or, or my career. So oh, I love that. That's so I think I forget about that until you mentioned it about how things have changed with I don't know if privacy is the right word, but photography has changed our world and has reduced privacy. Like you were able, do, do you feel like you, like compared to kids who might be partying now, like you were more free then, or oh, is it just, a, yeah? Definitely more free then, but I'm as free as, as I was, you know, then now. Like, like I still, uh, John, uh, my partner's very, conservative he's very um he's a wonderful man he's amazing he's he's you know all these wonderful things but he's just not as wild it never lived yeah. the life that I did and yeah. so he, he'd come home sometimes and be like Mark they told me that you put a photo of you doing this or you and I'm like yeah and he's like please <laughs> take it off please you know and we'd have these little arguments about that because he's like you know, I'm like, John, I'm, and I would say, I'm not running for president. I'm not running for office. I'm not running. Yeah. He's like, but I might, I might run for something. And I don't want them to say that my, you know, my partner, you know, is this. And, and so putting it that way, he kind of made me see his point of view. Uh, but, but we do have this like, uh, kind of like this uh, little thing between us that if I post something, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, nothing he says will ever make me take the post off because I, I, I tell him, I go, that's just my artistic, you know, representation yep. of, of what I, what I want to show today. And yep. so, but sometimes he'll get, you know, very few times he's gotten me to actually take off a post or a photo that he thought was just a little bit too, you know, crazy or provocative or whatever. And so, but yeah, but the kids today, they get in trouble. I mean, they actually get, 
these are oh, the yeah. careers. I mean, you know, they're going to be, oh, it's it was especially with the, with all the stuff going on with, you know, like the, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and you know, these little kids are, are think they can use the N-word, you know, at their own, anywhere yeah. they want to. Yeah. And, and they can, they're not supposed to. And, and so they videotape themselves having these wild times and they, and they, you know, are out there saying these words and, and then they wonder, you know, why they're, you know, later on they're being looked at the way they are. So they yeah. have to be careful. People have to be careful these days. <sighs> they're, everything's being filmed. Everything's being filmed, you know? Oh my goodness. I, it's so, it's changed me too. It's been an interesting transition I <laughs> I love your stories about John. Do you feel like your relationship with John has helped you creatively in any way? Or you guys are oh so God. yin and yang. Yeah. <laughs> we are super yin and yang, but but yes, he's like um he's almost like we go hiking a lot together. We've you know gone to all the national parks and he loves, by the way, Big Ben's his favorite, favorite place in the world. He wants to live yes. in Marathon Marathon, Texas. Like <gasps> that's his that's his dream. Is with to me. buy something. <laughs> we could all live there together. He's like, yes. you know, and he says he wants a house. Like I could build a house and I'm like, no, why don't we just get a trailer? You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the fast that just wants to be there in, in something simple, you know, an Airstream. We can live in an Airstream out there, but he wants the, the house. But, yep. um, but what John is with me when, when we're together is he's kind of like, keeps me on track. You know, yeah. like I, I'll, I will want, you know, Big Ben, you've been there. You yep. can get lost in a second because it all looks the same. Yep. So I'm chasing that um, deer that I saw, or I'm chasing that, you know, the, the bighorn sheep that I saw, and I'll lose my sense of where I was, you know, with that, where I was at. But he stays always focused on, you know, the path. Yeah. So then he'll say, okay, Mark, let's go back this way and walk, you know. And so he, that's what he does for me. He, um, and then he sees things too. He's like, you know, hey, why don't you do a shot of like, this you know and he tries mm -hmm. to uh give me some type of you know some type of uh you know something for me to shoot but he does inspire me he's he's very inspirational because i see how amazed he is by these beautiful things in, in life and nature and yep. it makes me happy that i have a partner that shares that same thing with me you know the love Did of you, nature i you all have been together a while did you meet when i were you together when I met you in 2009? Yeah. Uh, yep. We got together and um, that's why I was, that's why I moved here to Akron. Oh yes. John is a, is an Akronite. Um, and I was in San Diego and I met him in San Diego while I was living there and he was on vacation and um, it, crazy, you know, how we met. And then a no, year I don't. later, <laughs> well, it, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's just a wild story. It's super wild. But the, the very PG version of it is that he was <laughs> staying with uh, my roommate was was a was a doctor in San Diego and we lived in this like three story kind of like a condo in Bankers Hill near downtown near the zoo, okay. and John uh, was knew knew that knew my roommate. I didn't know John though, but uh, so he was going to go on vacation there, and the the only thing I got from my roommate was like I have a friend coming in. You are not to talk to him. You are not to look at him. He's a great, great guy. You're wild and crazy, but he's going to like you if he meets you. So, so don't. And I thought to myself, I said, I don't want to meet any of your you know, nerd friends, Foster. Like, I don't, I don't care, whatever. And honestly, on the six, I, I went six days without even seeing this guy. And then, and then the day before he left, 
oh, we, we finally met and, and it was instantaneous. It was that oh. little, that, mo that moment. Uh, and the very next day he asked me out. Like the day before he was going to leave the next day after that, you know, he said, yeah. would you like to go out with me before I leave? And we went out uh, on an official date, which my roommate was freaking out. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. We never, our next date was in Palm Springs. He came back to Akron. And a, a month later, we met in Palm Springs uh, for like another date. And then, uh, you know, a few months later, he brought me here to Akron for the Akron Art Museum Wine Auction, yeah. which is a great event. And then yes. I moved, uh, and then I moved here. Um, I fell in love with the city, with the town and the people and the art here and the, uh, the very, you know, kind of like, it's more of this, there, I, I don't like to call them hippies, but there's like these hippies here yes. and there's these, uh, uh, but it's, it's just a lot of art and a lot of culture here in Akron, Ohio. Yes. Um, and so I fell in love with it. And so he said, like, then, you know, I think it'd be better if, if you moved here and it, it so happened that they were opening up that PF Chang's. Um, oh yeah here yeah so I was so I was able to transfer here and then I worked a few uh years here and of course I'm so happy that I got to meet you uh, yes. because of that and yes. then that was it you know a few years and then, and then I kind of uh you know just just stopped you know it, yeah. I was four in my 40s I'm like oh my god I gotta do something more than this you know yeah. so yeah. I uh he's he said just go take photos you know go off and take photos whatever you do yes you know? and that's what and that's another way that he he kind of uh you know, inspired me to, to do what I'm doing, you know? Absolutely. I, and I feel like you bring up a good point. Jason and I always talk, like if we came back to Ohio, cause you know, we're both from Cleveland, it would be Akron. People don't even know how cool that city is. It's such it's a cool town. It's beautiful. Yeah. We have the best part. We have the best park system. Uh, yes. I love Big Bend the most, but truly this park here is, is one of the most beautiful parks in the nation. Yes. And it's so easy to navigate, to get around, you know, it's amazing. Mark, you're amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You're, you're amazing. And I, and here's the awkward thing is that I want to ask you so many questions too. Oh, like, you do? Like, I do. Well, no, because I, I like, I wanted to ask, you know, everything we're talking about. I'm like, you know, like what got you into art? What got you got to, what, what got you into the type of art that you do? You know, like, like, I love it. I think it's just so beautiful it's, <sighs> it's, it's you know there's there's this it's so different than anything i've ever seen and it's just so creative and, and you your colors and everything is just beautiful you know i i forget that's one of your superpowers you are so good at talking to people and this has been so one-sided you must have been <laughs> i was literally like i wanted to ask you every time i'm like well, what about you you know <laughs> i love that so much we'll have to do a follow-up sometime and we can make it tandem if you want <laughs> most definitely I, I i would love to uh yeah i because i want to know for myself uh what your inspiration is uh but then i i would love to sit down with you and just talk about big bend uh, because it, it, it's really just a bunch of rocks, and it is like no, like nothing out there, but it's everything. And and I'm, I'm going to give you one funny story. The greatest yes. story that I can tell you about Big Ben is I I took John there, uh, you know, for the first time. And you know, you've heard of the Marfa lights, right? You know, Marfa, mm -hmm. Texas. They have mm -hmm. these these little lights that people see. And he asked me one day, he's like, you know, um, have you ever seen them? I'm like, well, you know, you, I've seen flickering things, but it, there's so many things that it could be. And I really don't buy into all that, you know, superstitious stuff. But yeah. I took him out there to the actual place where you go to see the, the lights. And it was, you know, there's, there's no light pollution in Big Ben. So, 
you see everything, right? Like in the sky. He yeah. literally thought that the stars, because the stars were so bright and were so, it's almost, oh. it's almost like you could, it's almost like you could raise up your hand and grab a star from the sky. Yes. He said, Mark, is, are these the Marfa lights? I oh. said, no, those are stars. These are stars. This is, this is just, the, he's like, oh my God. He's yes. like, it is like, like you're watching, you know, there's, you could see the, the like, you could see the planet, something like it was so crazy. Yes. But he fell in love and, and people always ask me like, you know, what did you do in Big Ben? And I'm like, nothing, but I did everything. Like nothing, but I did, I mean, God, I, I, I walked through every creek bed. I climbed on top of every mountain, you know, everything. You know, I, 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 when I found out you were from West Texas, I was like, oh man, this is why I love Mark because that's such, it is such a magical place. And whenever I stay out there, I always stay in Marathon and the Airbnb host I stay with always told her, she told me the first time I came, she said, the right people love Big Bend and the wrong people think it's just dirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's, it, and that town is one block. But that block is, um, it just has, oh God, it's magic. Yeah, the, yeah. Especially when you look to the mountains and you see the, the, those mountains, it's just beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. It goes on forever, yes. you know. Oh, we are going to have to, yeah, I mean, no pressure, but we'll have to talk again sometime. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I know, I know we'll run, I know we'll uh, probably see each other. I, I feel that, that we're going to see each other uh, one day. Yeah. And maybe see. we can, uh, I would love to see you out there in marathon. So <gasps> I can show you, show you Big Ben through, through, you know, the, the little secret, secrets that I know about Big, about Big Ben, you know, oh. are so all the little towns. It's all the towns. It's not just marathon. It's, it's all these little towns. It's Presidio. It's, uh, you know, Bomberay. It's Grand. Yes. It's all that area. And then yes. even coming on Highway 90 from Del Rio, that's also beautiful. You know, you have the Pecos River over there, it's also part of that whole aesthetic, you know, the whole region, so it's beautiful. It really is, and I, I feel like if that happens, we'll have to do like a little like recording or like a follow-up conversation so people can hear what you have to say too, because people do know how much I love West Texas. It's like all I've been talking about the last two years on my social media. <laughs> so. I love it, I, yeah, that, I love it, I love it. <laughs> yeah. it makes me happy. Um, well, thank you, Mark, and y'all, if you, Y'all, you're already, already saying y'all. I love it. <laughs> you're, you are a Texan. Don't I say it like an Ohioan though? I've been told I don't sound Texan at all. <laughs> well, you know, no, but you, but y'all in itself—that's so Texas. I it love is. It. I love it. It is. <laughs> y'all, we are. Um, if you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please check out. I'm going to leave Mark's social media handle in the show notes as well as. Um, in the post this week about him and you can check out his work and um, you know, learn a little bit more about the way he sees the world through nature. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, sweetheart. You have been such a pleasure to talk to and I'm so happy, right? I'm, I'm even happier right now. So that's yes, possible. Me too.